Blog Talk Radio. BDPAI Radio showcases IT entrepreneurs, technology experts, and computer science academics. We highlight people with a passion for educating our youth in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. BDPAI Radio Show serves the BDPA members, sponsors, entrepreneurs, educational institutions, and the black community. BDPAI Radio, linking business, education, and technology. Hello and welcome to the BDPAI Radio Show. I'm Jayla Cruz, and tonight is Tuesday, December 22nd, 2015. We have an exciting lineup of guests. Will Bundy, director of the Gravely Group. Sharon Stein, college student at Gustavus Adolphus College. And finally, Renee Yarborough, Senior Manager at Baxter International. Our co-hosts include myself, Jayla Cruz, Tim Butts, and Ron Story. Our studio engineer is Everaldo Gallimore, and our producer is Fran McNeil. So let's get started with our first interview with Will Bundy, Director of the Gravely Group. Good evening. This is Tim Butts, your co-host tonight. And tonight I'll be chatting with Dr. Will Bundy, the director of the Gravely Group. Good evening, Dr. Bundy. How are you? I'm just fine. It's a pleasure to uh, to be on the show. It's a pleasure to have you, indeed. I want our radio audience to get acquainted with you, so if you don't mind, I'll do a brief introduction. Dr. Will Bundy is a proven warrior, having served our nation as a submariner in the U.S. Navy. Dr. Bundy is currently focused on the future of technology. He wants to ensure that BDPA and our audience is aware of the work being done with autonomous controls and unmanned systems. In his past, Dr. Bundy expanded BDPA's vision of corporate relations when he negotiated on behalf of Fleet Boston Financial, the first platinum-level corporate sponsorship in BDPA's history. He served from 2003 to 2007 as an outside director on the National Board of Directors for BDPA. Dr. Bundy is the creator of annual corporate and individual Epsilon Awards presented at each conference of BDPA. He also offers a unique perspective to the good works of BDPA that we look forward to in sharing with our BDPAI radio audience. This introduction now complete. Welcome. And let's get on with our conversation. Okay. So, Dr. Dr. Bundy, it's great hearing your voice. And I'd love to know, where are you tonight and what's the weather like? Well, we've uh, got pretty mild weather here in Rhode Island. I was out today uh, up in Providence uh, conducting some business, and it was uh, 58 degrees. That's tremendous. It's going to be 16 here soon. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So in case the iRadio audience doesn't know and doesn't realize it, we are an international radio base. I'm on the other side of the country from the good doctor. I'm down in Houston, Texas, and here our weather is close to 80 degrees, and uh, we're going to have other audience and uh, participants tonight from all over the place. So we'd love to always touch base and just give a perspective on how broad our audience is and how, how many places we touch. So specifically to BDPA, doctor, how did you first find out about BDPA? And frankly, what's kept you involved? 
Uh, it was doing a conversation with uh, our chief technology officer. His name is Joe Smilowski in those days. And we were talking about how to improve diversity uh, within Fleet Boston uh, operations technology. I mentioned that in the Navy we had an organization called the National Naval Officers Association, which really got involved in uh, advancing uh, diversity. And he then shared with me that he had been involved in BDPA in Chicago when he was with Sears. And that led to our idea of becoming a sponsor for BDPA, and uh, and I was the executive that was charged with moving that forward. Oh, that is tremendous. So that's the impetus then for the relationship, and I understand that was a first platinum-level corporate sponsorship. Talk about putting money where your mouth is, but also really buying in and developing something that's been really the lifeblood for service beyond the norm, and that is the Epsilon Award. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, we uh, one of the ideas that I brought as an outside director was that during the uh, annual conferences, uh, it would be important to highlight individuals in the organization that had made achievements. Uh, first of all, they will be able to take that back to their, their respective companies and present uh, the idea that they had been recognized by a national technology organization. And so... Uh, it took us about uh, four or five months to kind of really sort through and get the right name and then put the uh, process in place. And so that's one of my uh, keynote accomplishments with BDPA is to, to put that in place, the uh, Epsilon Awards. That is a tremendous achievement, and it's certainly something that I'm aware of and that I definitely aspire to accomplish. Now tell me. That's what it was in terms for. Say again? I said that's what it was designed for, to inspire people. There we are. And it definitely is inspiring people. I know in walking around the last few conferences and chatting about the acclaim that comes along with being recognized, not only as an individual but also a corporate uh, Epsilon Award winner, that's definitely high esteem, and that definitely says that people have more than met the mark. I congratulate you, and certainly I congratulate BDPA for that esteemed award, but now the, been able to maintain it and sustain it. That being said, in terms of your service to BDPA, you've been involved for quite a while. You've had a number of accomplishments. Is there any one accomplishment that stands out that you're most proud of? Well, in addition to the Epsilon Awards, which I think are the – the real key to uh, my sharing um, innovation with the organization and moving things along is that I was involved in setting up the Auburn University educational programs. Um, I thought that was very important to do. We were looking at building certifications for technologists um, and leaders within BDPA at probably the associate level and then uh, a senior level a technologist uh, to provide some some uh, indicator of of certification and uh, and achievement. So I was involved in that, and uh, I think that's the other great accomplishment for me. That is tremendous. Congratulations. Thank you. You certainly have 
yeah, you certainly have been pumping your blood into the lifeblood of the organization, and it's very evident of that. Please tell us more about your current position, your transition from U.S. Navy to Fleet Boston, and some of the responsibilities that you've had over your career. Well, uh, I've had a number of uh, opportunities to uh, to contribute both in the private and the public sector. And, and right now I'm a professor at the Naval War College. Um, I, at any time I have about 25 mid-grade and senior officers. Uh, 80% of the officers in the Navy are STEM graduates, at least that's what we are aspiring to. And my uh, research Excellent. group, named after the first black admiral in the Navy, Vice Admiral Samuel L. Gravely, is involved in uh, advancing nascent uh, and emerging technologies into operational concepts. And so we deal with undersea warfare. We deal with missile uh, missile defense, uh, strike capability using missiles, uh, cyber warfare, and, uh, and all of the policies that surround those uh, capabilities. That's tremendous. And that being said, that's what you're currently doing. You're affecting through your edu- through your teaching another generation of people, another generation of naval officers. Correct. Naval officers, officer school? and we also have we also have uh, Army, Air Force, and Marine Corps. Um, and the other part I would mention, uh, particularly to your audience, is we're starting to uh, really move forward with intelligent agent technology. Uh, That is the type of technology based on computer applications um, and intelligent uh, uh, applications so that we can build autonomous systems. And these are systems that will go out and conduct missions that we have uh, programmed them to do uh, with all of the attendant ambient sensing in operations, we expect a, uh, a naval unit to to execute, except it's it's a robot. That is tremendous. In these trying times where we are fraught with terrorism and such, it's very reassuring to know that innovation and great capability is in the hands of individuals like yourself and that you're teaching our future generations to uphold that same banner and that same strength to protect our nation and our lifestyle. Thank you so much for your service. Okay. You are, in fact, passionate about your service, your technology, and making sure that access to this is very clear for for the future generations. Tell me why you're so passionate. Well, well first of all, what we uh, do at the War College and the Center for Naval Warfare Studies um, really saves lives, and it provides a significant military advantage for us. Um, our our officers don't stay in the Navy forever, and uh, and they also, uh, you know, move on to uh, civilian careers. And so yes. uh, we we concentrate on leadership as well as the technology uh, involved in, in in warfare. So. Uh, I'm pretty passionate about that. I've I've gone through the process myself, 30 years in the Navy, and now I'm a civilian professor, PhDs completed, you know, providing uh, uh, leadership education and training to others. 
And so that's yes. what uh, what drives me. God bless you, man. That's really well put together. You're an inspiration to all of us listening. That being well, said, go ahead. No, I said go ahead. I'm, I'm, okay. That's what I say. With you being a strong inspiration, both in the classroom and in your general lifestyle, people listening and people that come in touch with you obviously are affected and inspired, not only from the things you say, the things you do, but also in your history, the things that you've left behind. Are there lessons that you intend to leave behind? Are there, in fact, things that you purposely are setting up to make sure that you are causing particular bumps in the road and making people aware of your legacy? Can you share a little bit of that with us? Well, it's it's not so much about my legacy, I would say. It's about the 200-plus students that I have taught over the last 10 years. They're in positions of significant responsibility. A number of them have already retired from the service, and uh, and I stay in touch with them. And uh, I, I think that's what we are really charged with doing, is to prepare others to to uh, take our positions later, to really advance the capabilities. But but in all of that, you know, I really uh, believe that that education is the key. Far too often. Individuals are given an opportunity, uh, and they can't take advantage of it because they have not prepared in terms of uh, getting education. And I mean, in the technology world, that means certificates. Uh, that also means going back to school and getting master's degrees. All of our junior officers are encouraged to to, to pursue master's degrees. We actually provide that education in the Navy, and then uh, we encourage them to do MBAs. Uh, because you wind up becoming technically competent, and then you really need to understand the business case. Because yeah. once you leave the Navy, or even while you're in the Navy or the services, there's this there's this plot that I always talk about along the horizontal line is technical acumen, uh, the the really uh, deep technical um, education that you receive, but but that always supports business. And it supports a operational function, and that's the vertical line. And so, what you really want to do is is move up the vertical line in business acumen and and understanding the applications, as well as the detailed technology that is applied to uh, to move us forward. And so, those are the kinds of things I I'm, I'm passionate about. Those are the kinds of things that I convey to my students. Hello. Hello. Good evening. Yes. Hello. This is Ron. Hello, Ron. This is Will. Hey, Will. Um, let me continue on with it. I believe um, 
Tim may have uh, popped off the line. He calls in from Houston. Um, however, I, I can finish up. And, um, you know, we, we heard about your passion and also with regards to your contributions uh, to the field and your interest in, in, in working and continue to work with uh, students that you have trained with over the past um, few years. Uh, what two lessons would you like to share with the BDPAI radio audience? Uh, the, the first thing that, that I would share, particularly with um, the technologists that are just starting out in their careers, is that you need to have faith in your ability to be creative. Once you, once you start to master the science and the techniques and the procedures uh, and the the ability to apply technology, it's a matter of being creative with that technology. Right now, if we think about the Apple organization, the question is, what is it that we need that we don't know we need? And and that is the kind of thinking that young young technologists scientists need to put forth. The the second thing that I would suggest is the idea that goes hand in hand with that is continuous learning. Um, there there has to be a very strong technical background for all of all of the technologists and engineers. But beyond that, um, you have to grasp a sense of the world. And and that means uh take the time to understand the arts and music uh, that makes you a more rounded person, as well as uh, really fuels the the idea of creativity. So it all gets driven into innovation, the idea mm -hmm. of being an innovative uh, thinker, um, understanding what it is that will move society forward, and I think that's the real key. That is that is the the responsibility of technologists, engineers today is to move society forward. And so that's what I would share with, with your audience. Okay. Just to um, recap that a, a little bit, in reference to and you sharing uh, the having faith and ability to be creative and the ability to apply technology, mm -hmm. and I do appreciate the comparison or the thought in reference to the Apple philosophy uh, with regards to Raising a question: What do we need that we know we don't need? What do we, what do we need that we don't know that we need? Um, and creating that and being innovative, um, and moving forth with technology. And, and definitely, I'm a big proponent of continuing learning. So, in the remaining few seconds, please share one final thought for our audience, um, Will, with regards to our BDPAI radio audience. Um, the last thing that I want to share with, with the audience is you have the opportunity to create a better world through technology. Recognize that while it has its unintended consequences, most of what we do really makes a difference in people's lives and a positive difference. And so... Again, back to creativity, innovation, and the ability to 
to move uh, to move society forward. That's what I would share. Oh, great. So the, the opportunity to create a better world, and technology does that. So we'd like to thank you um, for sharing with our audience this evening, and we also um, wish you a happy holiday, a Merry Christmas, and a brighter new year for 2016. And again, thank you for sharing with us this evening. Merry Christmas to you all, and Happy New Year. And we will move on to our next guest with Jayla Cruz after this brief intermission. BDPA is the premier organization for people of African-American descent in the information technology industry. BDPA exists to advance the careers of African-Americans in the IT industry from the classroom to the boardroom. You can find BDPA on group site, Twitter, and Facebook. Hello, and welcome back. Our next interview is with Sharon Singh, a sophomore at Gustavus Adolphus College. She is a longtime member of the BDPA Southern Minnesota chapter. She competed three times during 2011 to 2013 as a part of the chapter's high school computer competition team, earning the Dr. Jesse Bemley Scholarship each year from her participation. The team won the championship in 2011 and 2013. This past year, she won the bronze medal in the second annual BDPA Mobile Application Showcase, earning a State Farm College scholarship. Sharon is a hardworking, is hardworking and strives for excellence through the deep desire to learn. She leads others by activating, motivating, and encouraging them to reach their highest potential. She has been on the dean's list at her college, and she won the Aspirations in Computing Award from the National Center for Women in Information Technology Aspirations in Computing Award in 2013. Her BDPA legacy is powerful, and our BDPA iRadio show will enjoy hearing her thoughts on BDPA and her participation to compete at the annual conference over the past five years. So with that introduction... Hello, how are you? And uh, my first question is, how did you first find out about BDPA and what has kept you involved? Hi, um, thank you for having me. I first found out about BDPA my first year in high school. Um, A couple of my friends were members of the Southern Minnesota chapter, and here in Rochester we have a uh, youth computer training program every year that does a lot of teaching um, in encoding regarding HTML, CSS, PHP, and MySQL, and now we've added on JavaScript, I believe. And so I heard about it. Uh, My dad works for IBM, and I thought, hey, this couldn't really go wrong. So I joined the class, and here I am, I guess. Or I guess it's been longer than that. It's been seven years now? Oh, my goodness. Wow. So I know that uh, you've carried over into uh, studying at your university, and I know that beforehand we had spoke, and you said that you just finished up with college uh, finals. So how has the semester uh, been for you so far, and what's been uh, one of your greatest learning experiences? Well, uh, so this is my third year now at Gustavus. Um, So I'm a junior. I'm working on uh, my degree in biology, so STEM field, uh, it's been it's been a tough semester, I suppose, with biochemistry as one of my courses. Um, I guess 
with that, it's it's been really enjoyable with the technology that we use and um, the work that we do with that. I would say one of the coolest things that I did this year was um, work at the Brain and Creativity Institute in Southern California at the University of Southern California, um, and it was really great to see how they take advantage of technology um, with regards to researching the brain and that sort of development. Wow, that sounds exciting. So you're definitely getting the most out of your BDPA scholarships there at your university. What uh, accomplishment are you the most proud of in terms of your service to BDPA? Well, I like to give back to BDPA when I'm on when I'm home on breaks. I come by and um, again work with the mentoring um, the other students at that are part of the Southern Minnesota chapter. Um, I like to help them out with their programming experience, uh, working on projects. Um, but one of the things that I'm most proud of is like actually putting into action the the work that we learn about. So um, in my senior year of high school, I worked with one of my um, high school computer competition team members, uh, Daniel, and we got to develop a point-of-sale application for a nonprofit uh, organization, the, the Ability um, Building Center in Rochester. Uh, so having the opportunity and the skills to, to do that was something that I found very awesome and very um, that's something that I'm very proud of. It's a way to give back to the community. Sure. So why are you so passionate about technology? Oh, well, that's easy. Technology is involved in everything. Um, and I guess the majority of my passion stems from my mentors, people like Mr. Wayne Hicks and my father, Greninder Jeep, and other um, Southern Minnesota chapter uh, members who have given me so many opportunities. And the least I can do is share those opportunities and with younger students uh, that are, I guess, learning about technology and their interest in that as well. Um, I find that giving back by educating is one of the easiest and um, most rewarding methods um, to use, my, I guess, my skills that I've gained from this community. You mentioned earlier that your father works for IBM. So what have you learned from him in regards to technology and education? <laughs> My dad, um, yeah, he does work for IBM. He, He's, again, very passionate about um, technology, always looking up the latest um, and greatest uh, inventions, sharing them with me. And he's also one of the teachers. He's uh, the lead teacher for the Southern, Southern Minnesota chapter, or uh, co-teachers, I suppose. And so from him, I get to, I get to view... Uh, things from, I guess, the lens that I'm approaching rather than being a student but also being a mentor. Um, he likes to share that you never you never truly stop learning and that there's always room to grow, and that's something that we always see in the technology field is that we can always make things better um, and advance ourselves. Now, as a competitor on the high school computer competition team, what advice do you have for other individuals who are in the organization who may be preparing to be on the competition team, what advice do you have for them to uh, get the most out of the conference and the competition during the, that week? Right. Uh, so my favorite part about the actual conference um, 
besides from the competition were the workshops. Um, a lot of the workshops, we bring in some of the best um, uh, speakers to share what they've done and like to teach and educate the students that are there on different parts, aspects of technology, not only in development and programming, but also in presentation and um, the business aspect. So I would say my advice would be to not let those opportunities slide and take advantage of those uh, chances to meet with those people and network um, with um, people in that community. Uh, some advice for the competition itself, I would say, is that hard work pays off. Uh, our team worked very hard. Um, I worked very hard when I was part of the team, and we put in countless hours in making sure that we were prepared for the high school computer competition. And I think that's the only thing that got us to the point where we were at. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about your participating in the mobile application showcase. How did you conjure the idea for your application and what was the experience like? What was that process? Oh wow, that was a huge, huge learning uh, scale for me. Um, I when I started programming, was very much in the web, web development basis, understanding HTML, CSS, and PHP, and with a database background in MySQL. Uh, but the programming we did was within Android, Android Studio, and learning Java and JavaScript, and et cetera, um, was something very new to me. Um, I did have a basis of understanding the program, but not that, that specific language or the uh, interface that we were using. So I learned a lot and very quickly because we joined, um, it, was a, it was a classroom setup, I suppose, that was online. It was during the school year in the spring, um, headed by Tanji Zimmerman and Jay Harrison, who were excellent um, teachers. And so that experience was a lot of learning, a lot of, again, time and hard work put into um, learning how to do the programming, learning how to use the interface, and then developing the idea. So we kind of had an outline of walking through what we wanted to do, what was feasible to put together and present, a, present um, within four months, uh, which was the, the time scale that we had. So my idea was to create a medication reminder application. Um, so that was the application that I developed for Android um, phones and tablets. And it simply uh, allowed you to input medications that you had, um, prescription or otherwise, and sent uh, notifications and reminders to your phone to remind you to take them. So the development of that application, just like any other programming, um, led to a lot of bugs and a lot of frustration. But in the end, I had a functioning project that was um, something that I was very proud to present um, at the competition this summer. Wow, that's so cool. Is your application available for purchase at the uh, mobile application stores? Not yet, not yet. It still needs a little bit of work. Um, I wanted to develop it a little bit further, um, make sure that it was all the bugs and things were out of it and it was user-friendly. Um, use some of the feedback that I gained from the competition and the judges who were there to uh, to further develop it and make it a little better before I put it out to be used. Interesting. That sounds really cool. So in the remaining moments, uh, do you have any final thoughts 
um, or advice that you'd like to share with the BDPI radio audience? Well, sure. Um, My advice, I guess, would go to the youth. Um, I would say take advantage of the opportunities that you have and make sure you use your mentors as a resource and to, like, actually better yet, create those opportunities for yourself because sometimes you can't, you can't always um, you can't always get what you want without actually finding it yourself. And so, um, I guess I would say thank you to a lot of people people as well. That's a huge part. Uh, make sure you network with people. I wouldn't be here if it weren't for my mentors, Tony Adafin, Brian Brownlow, um, Nat and Johnji, uh, and then other people from Southern Minnesota as well, and National BDPA. Um, as aforementioned. Excellent. Great. Thank you so much for taking the time out to interview with us today. Thank you. All right. So now we are wrapping up with this interview, and we are preparing for our final interview with Renee Yarborough, Senior Manager at Baxter International. We will connect with her after this intermission. The BDPA Education and Technology Foundation, a nonprofit organization that exists for the sole purpose of funding BDPA programs, scholarships, and services around the nation. Follow us on Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash BDPA Foundation, or Twitter, www.twitter.com forward slash BDPA. Hey, welcome this evening. This is Ron Story with BDPAI Radio. I'd like to welcome our audience to a happy holiday season and again to welcome our guest, Renee Yarborough. Good evening, Renee. Good evening. And so where are you calling in from this evening? I am calling in from Chicago. Oh, great, dude. Chi-town. And uh, we always ask our guests, uh, how's the weather there in Chicago? The weather has been delightful. It's been warm beyond expectation. So a lot of uh, shopping in the nice weather and just, uh, you know, really enjoying the warm weather, although it is a little scary because, by now, it's usually about 20 degrees, 20 to 30 degrees, and it's been in the high 40s, 50s, and it's supposed to be 60 tomorrow. Wow. Well, I'm in balmy Orlando, Florida, and it was 82 earlier today, 75 right now, and they're speaking of the 87 degrees tomorrow. So it's a, it's a bit above norm here, too, from what they tell me. Uh, it's normally around the, the upper 70s during this time of year. Uh, but it's a, it's a change for me visiting family here and uh, being able to walk out in shorts uh, around the holiday season because normally I'm in the Philadelphia area. Um, so that's it's kind of um, chuckling about it right now and saying, okay, seeing folks riding on these mopeds and things of that nature and shorts that get a little chuckle. Uh, so that's great. Well, we won't be wearing shorts in Chicago just yet, but it is definitely unseasonably warm. Definitely. Okay, let's share with our, our, our radio audience. I'm going to read uh, a little bit of your bio, um, which we call our radio hook, and uh, if you don't mind. Oh, no, go ahead. 
Okay, Renee Yarbrough is the Senior IT Manager at Baxter International. She has been in BDPA for many years as she has moved from Cincinnati to Philadelphia and now to Chicago. She, has rec she was recently elected as the Administrative Vice President of our BDPA Chicago chapter. Our BDPA iRadio show audience looks forward to hearing about BDP the BDPA journey of Renee as well as her aspirations for the future of BDPA Chicago chapter. Again, Renee, thank you for joining us this evening. Well, you're welcome, and thank you for having me. Okay, so you've been a long-time participant with BDPA. How did you first find out about BDPA, and what is you involved? Well, I actually uh, was involved with Black Family Technology Week, which I'm not sure still uh, occurs once a year, but I met uh, Wayne Hicks uh, through that event, and I just, you know, he pulled me in. You know, Wayne is very engaging. And so from there I joined the uh, Cincinnati chapter. Oh, great. So, so you, you were in the same Breath of space is Wayne. Wayne hails out of Cincinnati as well. Am I correct? Correct. Yes, he does. Okay. In terms of your service to BDPA, what accomplishment are you most proud of? Wow. Okay. Let's see. I would say uh, the one um, accomplishment, there are many that I am most proud of, is with the Cincinnati chapter, I uh, was asked to step in and take over the monthly meeting, which is where we really engage our members to come and hear about different technology um, topics and uh, speakers. And so I uh, took over that meeting uh, on short notice and planning for it, and it actually helped increase the chapter membership and involvement, and through that I was able to recruit a couple of people to not only participate in our events, but to actually join the organization and volunteer. Okay, so, so the involvement or that accomplishment with regards to chapter growth and um, I, I would also say member um, retain, retainment, uh, retaining members and growing members. Exactly. Oh, that's, that's, that's great. What's, what's the size of the Chicago chapter currently? You know, uh, we actually have been uh, have grown in the past couple of years. We are not the largest chapter anymore, and I want to say we are at. And you know what? You're, I don't want to quote a number, but I believe we are at about two hundred members. Wow. Okay. Wow, yeah. that's pretty sizable. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Let's look at uh, uh, Baxter, uh, your current position. Tell us more about your current responsibilities. So I uh, manage a plan build team in our global IT organization, and uh, I am the uh, technical system owner for our regulatory affairs submissions and change management systems. And what does that mean in layman's terms? Basically, mm -hmm. I am responsible for the, for the system that our organization uses to submit applications for new drugs to the FDA and to market and sell drugs in various countries around the world. Okay, for those in our audience that may not know um, 
the, what Baxter as a corporate entity is. Can you share with us, uh, Baxter uh, Pharmaceuticals, what, what Baxter right. and Excuse me. Yes, I can. So Baxter is a medical products company, 84 years old. We actually just split in uh, July of this year into two companies. So I am with Baxter International, which is our medical products business, and mm -hmm. then then we spun off Baxalta, which is a bioscience business. Okay, so bioscience and, uh, phar and uh, pharmaceuticals. Right, right, medical products, yes. yes. Medical products. Okay, great. Great. And, and what did you do prior to going on board with uh, Baxter International? Well, I, I actually worked for another pharma organization here in Chicago, uh, the company was Hospira, and we were a generic pharmaceutical company. I worked in IT, and I actually managed the uh, project services team, so a team of project managers for our enterprise applications management organization. Okay. Let me back back into I'm, – I'm really curious and interested in, in reference to your career and, uh, and the growth in your career – you have mentioned that you you work now with the plan build team, um, and it has global implications within uh, your your company. Um, tell me a little bit more. Share with our audience about what is change management system. So basically, the uh, system that I am responsible for is in is involved in, or we use that system to actually, as I said, submit applications to either sell new drugs in countries or to put or to put a new drug on the market so to get approval to market um, and sell a new drug or to expand existing products that we uh, develop and manufacture into new companies or new uh, countries. And so uh, submissions is basically submitting that package of information to the FDA to get approval. And this is not the, just the FDA, but health authorities around the world. So we actually uh, sell our drugs in the EU, Asia Pacific, um, in uh, Africa. And so we have to work with the health authority and provide information to them so that they will approve the sale of the products that we manufacture in their countries. So this system, actually helps our scientists and our regulatory affairs organization author and mm -hmm. package the the applications to be able to sell the drugs around the world. Oh, okay. Interesting. Mm -hmm. that's, 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 the application of it is really new to me. I, I never would have thought that when you're looking at the global marketing, market and, and – um, in the sense, selling or marketing a product, the IT aspect of it, and, and, and those pieces that have to come together to enable the other parts of the team, uh, or in turn, the company, to be able to uh, um, put the product out on a, on a global market. Uh, very, very interesting. It is. So, it actually is very interesting. If you think about it, if you've ever had, and, and real quick, if you've ever had to purchase uh, a medication or a drug product, there's typically a, a label or a package 
uh, inside of the box or container. And when you mm-hmm. unfold it, it's this big sheet of a whole bunch of information about the product, the drug product or the uh, the drug that you've purchased. And basically the system that I am responsible for takes all of that information that you would see on that pamphlet is really what it is inside mm-hmm. of the medication or that you would get when you uh, go to the pharmacy about the medication. It formats and puts all of that information together to submit uh, to the uh, health authorities and the FDA. So labeling information, uh, adverse mm-hmm. reaction information, all of that. So this system allows us to format, capture, and submit that information uh, in a very similar format to every other pharmaceutical company around the world. Wow, that's just, that's, that's just amazing. Um, great to know that as well. So again, as we share with the audience, the, the variety of, 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 of of aspects of IT and its applications uh, with regard to the work. And speaking of that, tell us more about why you are passionate about technology and access. Well, it, it's uh, it. I think the technology opens the doors to so many things. When I first started in technology, there were a couple of things you could do. You could be a programmer, or mm-hmm. You could be a programmer. (laughs) (laughs) So true. (laughs) And so, and now, I mean, there are just so many things that you can do with tech. I mean, you can do anything with technology. I mean, technology is at the foundation of so many things that we do. We can't live our lives without it anymore. I mean, our Mm -hmm. cars, everything has a chip or some form of a computer associated with it. So, Access to that technology means that you can have a career, you can have a family, you can take care of that family, you can make a difference in the world. So it's important that we make sure that we have access to the technology, not just as a consumer, but as a creator, a developer, uh, a communicator, a supporter of technology. Oh, that's great. Yeah, one of our earlier guests shared that um, one of the aspects, and he used that Apple's um, Apple um, uh, Apple's approach to technology, in that as innovators uh, moving along the lines of uh, in, in innovation, is to a term such as what do we need that we don't know that we need. So in, in essence, um, I mean, prior to an iPhone, there really wasn't a need for that type of phone. But to to be innovative and to make that instrument and say, okay, here, here's how you could use it. Here's what you can apply it to, before people even knew that there's a need for that. And that, and, and, and similar to what you just said with regards to access and in, in that technology, um, in the sense of being uh, accessible. Um, Knowing that the technology now is a foundation for for many things, um, and to be able to train up individuals with that, I use the loose term thinking outside of the box because if we're innovative, we're not even in the box. We're really always outside of it anyway. But um, the common term is thinking outside the box, going going beyond the norm. 
so, so thank you for sharing that, what that passion is that you have for it. Um, what two lessons would you like to share with our BDPA radio audience? I would say the first one is every situation is an opportunity to learn and to be innovative and to develop technology, you have to be willing to learn. So make sure that when you, whatever you're doing, take that and look for opportunities to learn. That would be the first one. And Mm -hmm. then the second one is I would say don't just focus on your technical skills. You have to become a well-rounded technologist. So that means your leadership skills, uh, communication. Develop all of those skills because those are the skills that well-roundedness is what's going to help you build your career in technology as an entrepreneur, uh, working in a corporate environment, working in a nonprofit. They're going to look at all of those skill sets, not just the technology. Mm-hmm. Now, given, given, using yourself as an example, um, share with us the, how you've been able to not just focus on your technical skills but to utilize your leadership abilities and those other attributes you just mentioned or additional ones. Right. I I would say I started off uh, in the data warehousing, business intelligence um, area of technology. So that's my what I would call my true technical background. And mm-hmm. um, I branched out into project management. So I was a technical person that was asked to run a project, and I really liked the aspects of project management. And actually, to be a well-rounded, strong project manager, you have to have leadership skills. You have to be able to communicate. You have to be able to take that detail as a technologist and look at it in a bigger picture, a broader picture. And so for me, that was my evolution from just being a having strong technical skills into developing those additional skills that have allowed me to grow my career. Oh, great. Great. And uh, what if we look at one of the proudest moments that you've had in your career, what would that be? One of the proudest moments, I would say the first one was getting my master's degree in technology management, and then Mm -hmm. the second one would be uh, most recently I went to the software school here in Chicago and took a programming class, and it was just like an introductory class, but it was... I was very proud that I went to do that, and I completed the class, and it, the class was basically it taught us how to develop a, a web application, a simple web app. And so I was excited because for me that's a new skill set because I've been in technology for approaching a long time, <laughs> 20 plus years, so 20 plus years. Oh, that's great. That's great. And, and, and again, that's that continuous learning, um, looking for a, a new ways to stretch that which you already know and, and, and have. Oh, that's just great. Uh, I do like what you, you shared in reference to going back to school and, and, and finishing a master's in technology management um, that you 
that you share with the audience with regards to the um, application of um, looking at the opportunity and that every opportunity is that in which to learn. So in our final minute, please share one final thought for the BDPA radio audience. I would say uh, get involved with BDPA. I have been involved with BDPA for approaching 20 years and take advantage of the opportunities that involvement with BDPA provides. Uh, promote the organization, uh, get to know people, volunteer. It will make a difference in your life because it's made a difference in mine. Awesome. I really appreciate that. Well, Renee, thank you, and thank you for taking the time out of this busy shopping holiday season to share with our audience um, your expertise and your experience and leaving those nuggets of uh, encouragement for those of us that are seeking ways to improve our skill set and then sharing those amongst others um, throughout. And more importantly, Renee, thank you for your um, time spent, well spent, in, in, in developing and working with BDPA on, in, on several fronts, and particularly with our Chicago chapter. So, again, thank you for participating this evening. Have a pleasant and fun-filled holiday and a happy new year. And you do the same, and thank you for having me. Thank you. Good night. All right. Good night. Join the evolution of IT and embrace the digital future at the 37th Annual National BDPA Technology Conference and Free Career Fair at the Washington Hilton Hotel, located at 1919 Connecticut Avenue, Northwest Washington, D.C., from August 18th to 22nd. BDPA is the largest African-American information technology association in the U.S., involved in training professionals and students in the fields of science, technology, engineering, and math. For the past 36 years, BDPA conferences have provided opportunities for innovators like you to get the knowledge and resources that are critical to stay on top. So please, from August 18th to 22nd, you too can join the evolution of IT and embrace the digital future. For more information on BDPA's National Conference and Free Career Fair, please visit www.bdpa.org. Hey, hello. Hello, this is Jayla, and these are the final remarks. Uh, that was an inspiring and informative interview. Special thanks to our Tuesday, December twenty second, twenty fifteen guest, Will Bundy, director of the Gravely Group, Gravely Group. Sheeran Singh, college student at Gustavus Adolphus College, and Renee Yarborough, senior manager at Baxter International. Thank you to our co-hosts, myself, Jayla Cruz, Tim Butts, and Ron Story. Thank you to our studio engineer, Everaldo Gallimore, and our producer, Fran McNeil. Extra appreciation to Mr. Wayne Hicks, Executive Director of the BDPA Education and Technology Foundation. Thank you for listening to the BDPA iRadio Show. I'm Jayla Cruz, inviting you to listen in on the second and fourth Tuesday of every month at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Our next show airs on Tuesday, January 12, 2015.
2016. So join us at www.blogtalkradio.com slash BDPA. PAI Radio, linking business, education, and technology. The BDPA iRadio Show creates a vibrant communications platform that speaks to all BDPA stakeholders. Hosted by Fran McNeil, sponsored by the BDPA Education and Technology Foundation, and the Executive Director, Wayne Hicks. Produced by Everaldo Gallimore. Technical advice by John Melanson. BDPA iRadio broadcast the second and fourth Tuesday of every month. Join us on blogtalkradio.com backslash BDPA.